turn in your Bibles to 1 Timothy chapter 4, and we'll look at verses 7 through 10. I want to talk about um, New Year's resolutions. New Year's resolutions. Don't turn me off yet, okay? Because I've got something important to say. The Bible does. I know when you say New Year's resolutions, like, oh, Jim, good Lord, come on. Are you kidding me? You're going to talk about I've got to lose weight or I've got to eat better or I've got to exercise more than that or, or some of these types of things. I'm not going to talk about any of those things. I'm not going to tell you any of that. So that should catch your interest right now of what I'm going to talk about. It's something completely different about a New Year's resolution because I think it's so important uh, as far as a resolution. You know, a third of Americans, they make New Year's resolutions. And not only is it traditional, it's human nature here. We, again, talk about losing weight and, and uh, maybe stopping a habit or whatever it may be or, you know, to spend more time with the family. Uh, those types of things, and certainly all those things are good, and let the Lord lead you in that. But here, how many have already broken those resolutions? You know, I don't know about you, but in times past, I would make a resolution. It seemed like by February that I had already broken the resolution, and so sometimes I just say, "I'm not going to make any resolutions." So, what good is it? Because I'm not going to make. I'm going to go ahead and break it anyway. So, why do I need to to make any resolutions? I don't know if sometimes that's your your uh, findings also here. But it believes, uh, there's a percentage that some believe, only uh, about 10% of people actually stick to their New Year's resolution. That not, that's not much, is it? You know, It's the first time I see you know, a, a bowl of ice cream or uh, you know, a candy bar or something, some good-looking chocolate or whatever. You know, I'm going, oh, I just got, you know, it's like, boy. You know, that temptation is there. And, and here I go, bam, I've broken my resolution. So that's what happens, isn't it? And so I want to talk to you today about some things I think are, are really important. And uh, the first of all, you know, people who make resolutions that uh, it's not anything inherently good about it. Certainly, we need to, um, to eat better and we need to exercise. We know all about that and so forth. But down to, it's not anything necessarily inherently good. But we make the resolutions here. But certainly when we think about our spiritual lives, where we are with Christ, and uh, maybe you look back over your life and, and uh, over this past year, and, uh, in Galatians 5 it talks about the fruits of the Spirit, love and joy and kindness and peace and long-suffering and, and these types of things. And, and could you say that, that the, the end of the year you're more loving than what you were at the beginning of 2019? Are you, are you more kind here at the end of 2019 versus at the beginning? Uh, are you more, in, as far as long-suffering, have you, you hung in there and given praise to God through all the particular adversity that you've faced this past year? Has that really kind of seemed to be increased in your heart, you know, all that? You can look at those things. So when we look here at about spiritual uh, resolutions, Certainly, these things, I believe, are beneficial for all of us, and certainly we think about it because these resolutions have the goal of actually maturing our faith and growing to be more like Jesus Christ here. And so um, non-Christians can't please God. They're under the wrath of God. So they may make resolutions and so forth, and it's not really uh, honoring to the Lord. It basically is self-centered. 
and it's uh, self-interest. The only way they can please God is repent and come into a relationship with him. Remember that. Everyone who's not saved is under the wrath of God. And so God actually looks at them and says, you know, I want you to repent and come into the kingdom of God. And I'll tell you right now, I am so glad, I've told you all a million times, that my, my family uh, raised me and my brother in the church, and we heard the word of God, made a decision for Christ, I believe, at a young age and all. And, and so I knew right from wrong because my parents taught me that, and certainly during my time in my era, and your generation in school, you know, obviously, if you did, you got out of line in school, you know, you were going to be disciplined for it. You remember? You know, what were they called when you went into the principal's office and you were bad and so forth? They called them pops. And how many of you pops you would get as a result of what you did? I mean, there was discipline. They had the church that would give you guidance and so forth. And then actually they had the school there and you also had the family that put boundaries on things that were there uh, that were right and wrong so you learned that and I'm thankful for that today I'm grateful for that but you know God doesn't want us just to stay in that condition he wants us to grow and so these resolutions I think are very important and uh, and they're important to be able to, to keep us focused because uh, you say, yeah, but I'll make a resolution to uh, try to better my relationship with the Lord this year or do something that I feel like he's called me to do and so forth and all. But there's something about stopping and reflecting upon these particular uh, uh, things that are on your heart. There's something about writing them down, isn't it? Writing down maybe this resolution. And I, I gave some goals to the overseers when we had our meeting a couple weeks ago, some goals that we can... Have, memorizing some scripture and uh, the scripture says in Psalm 119 that David says I've hidden your word in my heart that I may not sin against you and so all of this is very important maybe sharing our faith with someone and, and the goal would be once a month say talking to somebody once a month about Jesus Christ and all these resolutions that we can have certainly here and um you know, many people are without faith here, and those don't have the Spirit of God in their lives cannot please God. So no matter what they do, no matter how good they try to make themselves or maybe sort of like uh, get in shape spiritually or anything else, without God, they cannot please the Lord because the Bible says in Proverbs 15, the Lord hates the sacrifice of the wicked, but he delights in the prayers of the upright here. And so many people, they're trying to make a sacrifice. Well, if I do this good thing and I do that, that good thing, that maybe I can please God. Or maybe, you know, if I do this a little bit better, that one way or another, you cannot please God. God is looking for that person to come into a relationship with him, to repent and, and ask Jesus Christ to come into their heart for their forgiveness and for their salvation. Until then, they're under the wrath of God. They're under God's wrath. Now, it seems very harsh, but remember, God is completely just. And he's right. He's right all the time. He has a certain way, and it's always right here. So they can't do anything to please him here. All of itself, but if we're thinking this morning about those things that have spiritual value here in keeping resolutions, I believe that that's very important. And it concerns our relationship with God. I want to grow in my relationship with God. And I know you do also, right? I don't want to stay the same. I want to be more like Jesus. And so I have uh, made some copies here. Nancy, would you pass 
this out in Kendra. You have this maybe these, these or maybe I think I've got them up here. These are resolutions by a preacher named Jonathan Edwards. And um, he preached in the early 1700s, so in the 18th century. He was a preacher. He made these. Now, the language is sort of a little bit that old English, so it's kind of hard to read, but you'll understand some things about the resolutions, okay? We're talking about spiritual revolutions. Maybe in the few, you can read over them and so forth as we talk about this. But maybe take them home, look at them, kind of ponder them in your heart. Jonathan Edwards gave his life and was consecrated, had been set apart by the Lord. And he preached some powerful sermons. He's very controversial because some said that he preached too much hell, fire, and brimstone. And there are different theologians that say this about Jonathan and so forth. But he had a heart for God. And so uh, these resolutions, he actually has more than this. I just put, copied a couple pages so you get an idea of some of the things that, that uh, he was resolved to do. First of all, let me just mention, very, very understandable here. His first resolution here is that I will live for God. <laughs> Pretty good, huh? I will live for God. And his second resolution, number two, if no one else does, I still will. You see, what happens in the Christian life a lot of times, I've talked about this, is that a lot of times we look at other people's lives and we sort of compare ourselves. We vary. We like to compare ourselves, right? You compare yourself with, you know, <clears throat> how you do this or how you do that or, or even in our spiritual life and relationship with the Lord. We compare ourselves with other people. And it's not necessarily bad in that sense if it, if it spurs us on to want to certainly seek the Lord in a deeper manner but sometimes we look at it and we say, well, I've got to do this and I've got to do that. I want to just suggest to you today is follow what the Spirit of God has for you in your life for 2020. Okay, Ask the Lord, what resolution will you make this new year before the Lord and then write them down and then come back and revisit them every now and then and look to see whether or not you're keeping these resolutions uh, again, Jonathan Edwards, I'll live for God, and if no one else does, I still will here. And so why is keeping resolutions profitable to us, spiritually profitable? I want to mention a couple of things. First of all, it reminds us that spiritual growth is not something which happens automatically. A lot of Christians believe that it's just going to drop in their lap. It's not. And you know, in this scripture here, if you'll put it up, Ed, in First uh, Timothy chapter 4, verses uh actually 6 through 10. It's not something that happens automatically. Okay. If you point these things out to the brothers, you will be a good minister of Christ Jesus brought up in the truths of the faith and of the good teaching that you have followed. Have nothing to do with godless myths and old wives' tales. Rather, train yourself to be godly. For physical training is of some value. But godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the for both the present life and the life to come. This is a trustworthy saying that reserves full acceptance. And for this we labor, he says, labor and strive. 
that we have put our hope in the living God who is the Savior of all men and especially of those who believe. Amen. Amen. We labor and we strive. There are two uh, uh, symbolic things that uh, the New Testament uses, the Apostle Paul uses. First of all, he refers to uh, Christians as soldiers. You know, Ephesians chapter 6, when we put on the full armor of God. And then he also refers to us as athletes, you know, how an athlete gets in shape and runs. And so here, when we make resolutions, we are reminded that spiritual growth is not something which happens just automatically. It's not something that obviously... Uh, that just sort of drops in our in our laps. It, it takes an intentional effort here, and it takes faith because eleven Hebrews chapter eleven says, "And without faith, it's impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to Him must believe that He exists and that He rewards." Listen, those who earnestly seek Him. It's a striving. It's a laboring. We're athletes. We're we're getting in shape spiritually. We're staying in shape. We're not obviously just sitting around getting uh, flabby spiritually. We're actually training ourselves here. So God will not be known by those who approach him aimlessly or indifferently or casually or half-heartedly here. And some people think that knowing God should be easy. It's not necessarily easy. It takes work. It takes a striving. Certainly it is grace. And I'm going to tell you how to work with that grace here in just a moment. But I'm telling you, it's not something that just happens automatically. You know, many times when I was visiting people in hospice and, and they had they maybe had never been a part of the church or maybe they dropped out of church years ago and they would say something, I would hear it and I'm going, that's not biblical. You know, that's not biblical at all. And what had happened, they didn't know the word of God. And so they just think anything goes, well, I'll believe and I've got my ticket to heaven and, and so forth. But God is saying that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. There is a blessing in seeking the Lord. We've got to strive. We've got to labor. And so you make these resolutions out and then you say, I'm going to abide by this. Not just I'll live for God. Certainly that's very very, we need to do that. And, and if nobody else goes, I'm still going to seek the Lord. That's definitely. But there are more particulars. about. Maybe something's in your life and you're saying, I just don't want it in my life. It could be something that's good. But it's been something that's been distracting you from your relationship with God Almighty. And you're saying, I just want that out. Write it down. Don't have, no one else has to look at it. And then pray over it and ask God to work that in your heart here. And so again, God just, he, he just, he doesn't just appreciate those who approach, approach him aimlessly and indifferently or casually here. And uh, we need to work, we need to strive in that way here. In other areas of life, we understand that having things of value, it requires work and dedication, doesn't it? Yet in the realm of the spirit, we expect good things just to drop in our lives here. And yet we know that God requires diligence and labor and sustained effort here. And here it says, train yourself in 1 Timothy to be godly for physical training is some value. But listen, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. So knowing God is the primary purpose of our lives. Anybody else know any other purpose? 
Knowing God is the primary purpose of our lives. And really, that's the uh, primary purpose of people who don't know God, really. He just wants them to come into a relationship with Him. They think it is basically to get more things here on this earth when this, this time on earth is short-lived and will obviously come to an end. But knowing God is the primary purpose of our lives. It's what we were made for here. And actually, we were made for the supernatural. You know, getting visions, we're getting things, we're seeing these things where, you know, God has given us different things. He's speaking to us about things, and, and He's guiding us, and He guides us, and He guides us into all truth. He's very, very gracious with us, and He's very kind. He's The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He guides us. He leads us. And so, obviously, knowing God is the primary purpose of our lives here. So we got to make and keep these resolutions. The second thing here, resolutions affirm the truth that God wants us to grow and change and mature. We need to make uh, progress. So it's normal over time that we should become more joyful and patient and kind and gentle because those are the results of the Spirit's work in our lives. And it's normal that our faith should become stronger that our love for God and for one another should become more fervent. It's normal that the things we desire and value and treasure should come to reflect what God's values are and not what the world values. This is normal. This is what's happening. We should grow in our faith here. It's normal that we should increase, obviously, uh, live to serve rather than to be served. It's normal that we should grow in holiness and I believe, by the way, that the year 2020 is going to be a year where holiness, God is, going to, is working more holiness in our heart. We are holiness. We are holy because he's holy positionally, but I'm talking about in performance. And I'm not talking about anything to gain your salvation. It's by grace through faith alone that you're saved. I'm talking as a result of your salvation. That he says, be holy because I am holy. And I believe a holiness unto the Lord. I believe that that is going to be a major theme, a major impact of what the Spirit does in Christians' lives in 2020. I do believe that. We'll talk further about that in the future. Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, And we with unveiled faces all reflect the Lord's glory, are being transformed into His likeness with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. We are being transformed into the likeness of Christ. And, and I like that. And the New Living Translation says this, As the Spirit of the Lord works within us, we become more and more like Him and reflect His glory more and more. And so being a follower of Christ means that you keep learning, you keep growing, and you keep changing your, your whole lifestyle here. It's a journey that will be complete only when Christ returns. And until that time, we are all works in progress. I know all of us could say amen to that. We are, we are works in progress, aren't we? We have not arrived. But making a resolution to change means that you embrace this process of transformation as God's purpose for your life and that you trust in his power to accomplish it. The power of God has to work in your life to accomplish it here. It is by faith here. And that's the main difference between our resolutions and those of the world. They don't have faith. And so they try to just conjure it up in their own strength. It's not our strength. It's God's power that's working within us. The Bible says in Romans 12, Do not conform any longer 
to this pattern of, the, of this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Amen. And then in Philippians 2, I like this. Continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. Let me say it again. Continue to work out your salvation. Listen. With fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. And you say, I thought you said here is we're working it out. And then it says that God is actually working it out. Yeah, both. Yes to both. It's God in you who's working it out. But he says, continue here to work out your salvation. Be transformed by who? God. For it is God who works in you. Yes, we work. Yes, we labor and we strive here. But it's God Almighty, and he gets all the glory. So that's something that's hard to fully understand. Sounds like God doing the work. Yes, it is. And it sounds like that we are obviously working. If you could say we cooperate with him, but it's ultimately God doing it. But we want to become more like Jesus. We want to obviously bear more to more of the fruit of the Spirit. The third thing here is resolutions stimulate us to think, to consider what, what it means to be godly here. You know, it requires that we engage our minds, that we read and study and think and labor to understand God's ways. We need to get into the Word of God. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, Hebrews chapter 10. So what are we being called to do here? To consider it. Think about it. We need to encourage one another. We need to stay focused. We need to stay the course. We need to obviously strive. We need to work out our salvation. We need, we need to work with God. So there's a laboring that is involved in us becoming more like Jesus to do what God wants us to do. He stretches our faith, doesn't he? He puts us in or allows certain, certain, certain circumstances and also puts us in certain circumstances that stretch our faith because he wants our faith to grow. He wants us to see his power. We were made for the supernatural. The Spirit of God lives within us. And now, dear brothers and sisters, let me say one more thing as I close this letter. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right. Think about things that are pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you learned from me and heard from me and saw me doing, and the God of peace will be with you here. Think about it. Fix your thoughts on it. You want a God-honoring life. Meditate on what it means to be like Jesus. Look at the resolution that you write the one that's on your heart that you feel like in 2020 that you would like to make before the Lord and then put them into practice. Do what is necessary to be able to become more like Jesus. The fourth thing here is resolutions are spiritually beneficial because they stimulate us to prayer. You know why? It's because you look at your resolution and you go, man, I've tried this in my own strength for a long time. I cannot do it. So Lord, I ask for your help. I ask for you to come and work this in my heart. I will work with you, but I'll give you the glory and the praise. And it causes us to pray because we realize we can't do it, right? I've been trying so long for this particular habit or maybe for this particular aspect of my life and all I strive for it. And it's like it's just not working here. And man, it stimulates me to prayer. I don't know about y'all. I don't know about you, but it makes me pray. 
it just it just puts me on my knees to pray to the Lord and cry out to the Lord because we can't do it. There's resolution, these things that are in our life. How about a critical tongue? You know, we've talked about words and how powerful they bring life or death. And a critical tongue can bring. And you said, I've tried to get rid of this critical tongue all this time. And, and you know, you can't do it and, and all. And you, you know, you, as soon as you put to death some sin, you find that, you know, it, there's, you know, or try to, you find out that it's stronger than what you thought it was. And man, it causes you to pray, don't you? Because you know what God is saying today? He wants us, obviously, to walk in performance-wise holiness, not, obviously, perfection there, perfect, per perfect in love, but certainly not in our actions. We know that we will stumble and fall, and we confess, and we repent, and that relationship, certainly the doors, he's always there, but it opens it back up freely because your guilty conscience that you have, and certainly, but we know we've tried and tried, you know, and, you know, all those things we know, y'all know, whatever God's dealing with you with, on, you make a resolution, maybe this next year, that this thing is out of my life, and you write it down, you keep it private, only you and the Lord, you pray over it, and say, I want this out of my life, or I want this in my life, I want to serve the Lord more than I did in 2019, I want to give more to the Lord as far as my tithes and offerings or maybe even in faith promise that's coming up. When you ask the Lord again about faith promise, saying, Lord, what would you have me to give? And listen to what God tells you to do and then do it. And trust that God will bring it about. You may not have it at the moment, but you feel like God wants to, obviously, to, to use you in that because we have ministries here, important ministries where people all over the world are actually, the word of God is being shared and preached all over the world because of what you give to faith promise. So something, when you resolve, I'm going to do that because I believe God has spoken. I'll talk more about that in the future, about when we hear God and some things that I feel like God is teaching me anyway about listening to God. But you're saying, but you can't do it. That resolution, I made it two years ago. And I pushed it aside because, I mean, within a few months, it was, I mean, I didn't think about it. And here I go again. Maybe this year it'll be where you'll be there. You know, it talks about here on these resolutions by Jonathan Edwards. Talks about read over them, reflect on them, you know. Try to go through the archaic language that's there, and you can understand what he's saying here. But these resolutions are something that obviously we believe the old saints down through the years have felt were very important. Making that resolution, it's a spiritual resolution. And so whether or not it's a sin that you're dealing with, and one that call that sin, get real transparent before the Lord and tell him about it. Talk to him about it. Say, Lord, this is what's going on. I know you know, but I'm going to tell you and get it straight before the Lord. Let the Lord cleanse you and keep coming back to the Lord until that thing is broken off of you and you get the breakthrough. That's what who God is. He, he's the God of the breakthrough. He's a God. He's our deliverer. Amen. He delivered us from sin. Sometimes these things slip in. You know, all the, the New Testament, obviously written to Christians, it talks about that we need to put the full armor of God on. Why? It's because we have an arch enemy. His name is Satan. 
And he's tenacious. I've talked to you about it. Like a wolf, he watches you. He zeroes in. He, he calculates when the best time you, you're down and, and you think, well, maybe he'll leave you alone then. No, he attacks even more viciously. And so all these things are saying, make resolutions. Get it down. Let God get it in your heart because it's important. It'll cause you to pray. It'll cause you to draw closer to the Lord. One of the things I mentioned here last week, I think, that I've done, and I want to get closer to the Lord. I want just a real intimate. I use the word intimate a lot because it really signifies my relationship with Jesus. I want to be in love with Jesus Christ. I want to be. I don't want anything to distract me from being in love with my Savior. Amen. I don't. And so that can be one of my resolutions. But I'm not doing this, obviously, to try to gain his favor. I have his favor. I'm doing this to grow in my relationship because, you know, I've taught and I've talked about it even on Wednesday night. We talked about the more of God. There's so much more to God that we've not experienced, that we have not experienced. There's God is big. He's big, and he wants us to know him. He wants us to know him in a, a, a way I don't believe and maybe we we haven't entered into it. You know, I don't believe we need to just wait till heaven. I believe we can enter into a, rela a relationship with the Lord Almighty in preparation for heaven, but certainly in a deep, intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. So what I'm doing, I am uh, taking the Bible each morning, and I use my phone. And because I know my phone will give me the sequences, and I'll read a chapter in the Old Testament, and I'll ask the Lord to speak to me before I read it. I'm not just trying to go through it to say, well, I've gone through the Bible again. I'm reading the old a chapter in the Old Testament, and I'll slow down at times when I need to slow down and think about and ponder and all that, and I ask again the Holy Spirit to speak to me before I do this. And then I'll read a chapter, I'll pull it up on my phone, in the New Testament every morning, and then I'll read a psalm every morning in sequence, I just go along and read that. And so I'm doing that. I'm also in that making a resolution that I need to pray more, not to gain God's favor or to think that my works in any way gets me away, but I want to encounter the Lord. I want greater experiences with the Lord and greater encounters with the Lord. I remember when I would, uh, you know, it talks about your prayer closet. And uh, I was praying uh, back when I first went in ministry, and, and I'd spend time before the Lord, and and uh, I would I actually get in the closet, and it was totally silent. And I remember God visited me on several occasions when I did that. I mean, you're talking about the presence of the Lord, the manifest presence of the Lord just came and touched me, and I, I would sing, and it was like. Something, it was like those streams of living water. I was singing to the Lord. I was worshiping Him there in the closet. <laughs> in that closet, I had light on, had my Bible, but I would sing to the Lord. I was like, my Lord, this is like, man, you're talking about singing in the Spirit. And I mean, I was singing to the Lord. Encountering, I'm going, Lord, I want to draw close to you. My relationship with you is worth more than anything in this whole wide world. But you see, I've got to make a resolution. I've got to resolve in my heart that this is what I'm going to do. I've got to make that effort. I've got to train myself just like an athlete and just like a soldier. 
I've got to do this. I've got to change. I've got to do this. And I have a sense of urgency. I don't know about y'all, but I don't know what's going on. Maybe God's just dealing with me. But I have a sense of urgency that I need to quicken up the pace here to draw close to the Lord. I think God, Jesus could come back at any time. I believe. I, I don't know what it is. I want revival. We need revival. I think we're we're seeing some sprinklings of that. Certainly, as you see, I've talked about different different churches and young people coming to the Lord. I mean, all over the place. We need to do that. Make this resolve today. If God has spoken to you about something, then make it today and, and write it down and then revisit it and pray about it, whatever it may be. So what is it there? I believe, how do we do it? First of all, we pray. Asking God to show you where you need to change. Ask God to do that. And you think, well, man, I don't want to bite off too more than I can chew. Take little steps. Something God has dealt with you about. Maybe in a way you'd like to serve the Lord in this church more than what you have in the past. Maybe in, in one way or another. Maybe you need, you know, you want to enter into a ministry here in at Lighthouse Fellowship in a greater way. That's a that's a good start here. Pray about it. Ask the Lord. He'll he'll tell you. The second thing here is is you need to write down, I believe, your resolutions. Make a plan. The third thing is pray and ask for God's enabling power. Ask for his power to do it. The fourth thing is review your resolutions on a regular basis. See how you're doing here. Go back and see. And then fifth thing is uh, don't give up. Keep struggling and striving and suffering. Don't be discouraged by a short-term failure that you did do it. Don't give up. That's the thing. The Bible says in Galatians, if you don't give up, then obviously we'll bear the fruit that God wants us to bear in due season. If we don't give up, we keep striving, right? Write it down. Got an area God wants to change in life? Maybe God has spoken to you. Now, faith promise, I'll share again. Thelma, Cindy, and others, and Alice and Karen are on that committee. Faith promise is important to ask the Lord to show you. I mentioned it just a moment ago, and then we'll be redundant, but ask the Lord, the Spirit, what do you want, what do you want to give to us? See, these are the miracles that God does. Because God, by faith, it is faith, it is faith. And you're believing because you've heard God. And that you believe and step out in faith that God will provide the money to be able to give towards faith promise. Think about that. We're in that season, and we need to obviously uh, to take that very seriously. We need to, to wait on the Lord. And if he's telling you in something to do in this church, then let me know. Any of us know it's, it's very important. I, and the goals that I handed up to the overseers, one of them is that we would be, that we would share our faith with someone, with at least one person in, in a month's time. Share your faith. I'll share my faith. I'll talk about Jesus with somebody. I'll ask the Spirit of God before I go in. Like Kenny said, Walmart. Lord, you want to put me somebody in my path? Just like he did with Kenny. And like he does with all of us. He will. Watch what happens when you ask him. I want to share my faith with Jesus. Watch what happens. <laughs> he will put you in front of somebody. 
You may not even realize it. And share your faith. It may be that he's causing, he's asking you to take, say, one scripture and memorize it uh, once a month. For once a month, take one scripture and uh, memorize it. And I'm doing that. I'm memorizing some scripture that, that I, I like as different ones. Now, it's not big steps and all, but I'm taking a scripture and memorizing it. I need to know the word. I need to hide the word of God in my heart so I may not sin against it. Word of God keeps you from sin. Either you know you stay in the Word, or you you know you you stumble and fall. You need to get into the Word. The Word, obviously, when you get into the Word, we're not taking it. When when people say who are not Christians, when they go, well, maybe I can please God by maybe reading the Bible or whatever. We read the Word of God so that we can be our minds. We can be transformed because that faith wells up in our hearts when we. Read the Word of God. When you hear the Word of God here on a Sunday morning, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Maybe that resolution is something you could do. Whatever God speaks to you about. Maybe you can be more kind to your family. Maybe you would need to spend more time with your family. It may be that you need to talk to your family about Jesus. It may be that, that it's an opportune time here. There's grace, obviously. The harvest is ready. We just need to obviously be ready to share the Word of God. You say, yeah, but I'm not a preacher. You don't have to be a preacher to share your faith about Jesus with somebody else. I mean, look how powerful this church would be if each one of us would share our faith with just one person once a month, each one of you here. I mean, it would just be an explosion that would take place. Write this resolution down. Keep the resolution. And by faith, ask for God's power and strength to give you whatever it may be. Pray for your family this this coming year that they too will come into a, a deep relationship with Jesus Christ. On your handout here, look at these things. Look at what Jonathan Edwards said. Look at number five. Resolved. Never to lose one moment of time, but to improve it in the most profitable way that I possibly can. Anybody need that resolution? Never to lose one moment of time. Let's look at number six. To live with all my might while I do live. Can we do that? Number seven. Never to do anything which I should be afraid to do if it were the last hour of my life. Number twelve. If I take delight in it as a gratification of pride or vanity or any other such account, immediately to throw it by. In other words, not to do anything out of pride. 13. To be endeavoring to find out fit objects of liberality and charity. Charity is love. 14. Never to do anything out of revenge. Good resolution, isn't it? Number 15, never to suffer the least motions of anger against irrational beings. <laughs> What's it mean? Don't get angry. So we're all irrational, okay? Trust me. He's not just talking about the reprobates out there. He's talking about us. <laughs> Don't get angry. That's what he's saying. Never to be angry. 
some good resolutions. Never to lose your temper. He'll probably go in there somewhere to get frustrated, say, never to be frustrated about anything. I know none of y'all get frustrated about anything. But uh, I know that. Because I know y'all. Y'all are just as tranquil and just as peaceful, going along, floating along through life, aren't you? Anybody here? <laughs> resolutions. Make that resolution to be more like Jesus. And tell God to work that in your heart. You know, just that blatant thing. Be more like Jesus in the year 2020. If we go through and you come back, and, and you, sometimes God doesn't show us ourselves like that, you know, uh, because we take pride in it. Say, look at me. I'm more like Jesus. You know, look at me. Look at this. Look at that. You know, I did this and I did. He's not, that's not the purpose of this. Jesus was very humble. Remember, one of the people came up to Jesus and said, uh, a good servant, a good something. He said, who are you calling good? There's only one good, and that's my father. He wouldn't even take that. Uh, applause. He turned it over to his father. So he was very humble in that way. But when you come, maybe you need humility. You know, I know I need a real good dose of that. I can act real humble, okay? Down in my heart. God knows my heart. I need a good dose of humility. Jonathan Edwards basically gives God all the glory and all the honor. Many times something good happens and, you know, you may think indirectly even that, hey, I, I, I did that, I did that, man, look at that, and all that. When God did it, give all glory to God, amen. Can't beat it. Make those resolutions, amen? Everybody understand? Amen. Thank you, Lord. All hearts clear about this. No questions, no questions, any questions? Not a question in the house. <laughs> We're pondering, aren't we, David? We're Amen. It's going to be a good year, okay? I, I Right now, I make that confession. I make the confession. You know, confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. Confess it. Confess. It's going to be a good year, okay? No matter what happens, I'm going to grow in the fruits of the Spirit in 2020, and I know you all also. Amen? Let's look forward to it together. Let's just, you know, if you have any prayer requests, offer them up, and uh, we'll keep praying. And, and uh, these things, I believe, are going to come to pass. Amen? Amen. God bless you.